0: So without further ado guys we are introducing to below the belt show our special celebrity guest of the evening guys he is actor extraordinaire from Yellowstone on the Paramount network which is now in its 3rd season we have the one and the only Denim Richards on below hey. the show hey denim
1: How's it going, guys? Excited to be here. Excited to have such a great conversation with you. So much to talk about, so I'm excited. There is a lot to talk to about. Right.
0: Yes, because, like, summer's that's a whole cool, summer. um,
2: Go ahead, Josh. Yeah. Now I to say, that's a cool first name.
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, first. yeah.
1: Thank you. It's, it's all about being, it's all about uniqueness, right? It's like, it's always just kind of followed me throughout my life, so it only seems to make sense.
2: And that's your, that's your um, birth name. That's what
1: they. That's what the Most High gave me. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. Awesome.
1: Thank
2: you. Yeah, I don't think
0: I know a, per, a denim per se, except what's in my closet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, but I
1: promise you, I am far better than the denim jeans that you have in your closet. Okay. Oh cool, yeah. <laughs> I love it, dude. I don't know.
2: He, he has some true, true um, some like true religion still though. So I don't know. Oh Okay. Yeah, they're a little <laughs> dated. Those true yeah, religions. I
1: mean, can we really <laughs> even call those jeans then? At that point, like, come on, let's be let's be real. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Right.
0: <laughs> oh man so uh sabrina um i'm hoping that she will join us but nonetheless we will just go on, go ahead and go on um so anyways uh yellowstone my man great show dude amazing production quality and you're shooting in montana and park city utah mm-hmm. um which i'm from a reading but obviously the exterior shots the beautiful state of montana i'm assuming yes yeah, most
1: of them, I would probably say like 80% of the exterior shots, I think, probably are shot in Montana. We oh, cool. do have like, I think in season three, we probably almost have it like, there's most of the exterior shots are actually in Utah, but they're in like different places, like, um, like Thousand Peaks, Utah, which is about maybe 45 minutes outside of Park City. Um, but, the, but the big landscape shots that you see that are just kind of like breathtaking, that's, that's Montana. You can't get it anywhere else.
0: It's a beautiful, beautiful state. Um, how do you how do you enjoy shooting in that state? Cause
1: Man, it's it's beautiful. I you know every time I go there, I always say that I gain like 10 years onto my life because I live in a city. And so being able to right. shoot kind of in the middle of nowhere, where like 35 miles means 35 minutes, you know, and it's just so yeah. peaceful and tranquil. So you're not constantly stressing all the time. And it's like the the only downfall is is really kind of interesting is because you know, all the places are mom and pops, which are awesome. But the interesting right. thing is, it's like usually, you know, they'll be like, okay, we're open from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. However, in a lot of these mom and pops in these smaller towns, if there's nobody there at 7 o'clock, they're done. Like, they just <laughs> shut that thing down. You know, so yeah. for us, oftentimes, if we're shooting on set late, you know, you're just out of luck, you know. But other than yeah. that, it's oh. just a beautiful thing. It's really nice to be able to see people actually, like, spend time with each other at coffee shops and not stressing about trying to get money in the meters, and right. stuff like that. So you really kind of just get this sense of stillness. And I always say every time I'm there, I'm like, okay, when I get back to L.A., this is what my life is going to be. And then 10 and a half seconds of me landing and jumping on the 405, I'm back just a complete nutter mess again. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's really good. It's, it's it's really good for me to be there.
0: And I love how you're saying it is a change of pace. But obviously people want to move to you know remote states for peace and tranquility. But there's a lot of drama in this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, there a we, uh, there's a lot of shit going on.
1: There's a lot going on. You know, I think it's the, the really interesting thing about this show, I think, is that we get to cover so many different kind of characteristics in society. Um, you know, we really get to we cover the kind of the business side and we cover the mm-hmm. land side. We cover the family side and we kind of cover just the, the kind of good old boys, I guess, ranching style um, kind of situation. So it's kind of fun to get huh. to, like, cover all of these different things. But then there is a lot of drama. So, I mean, it really is kind of a testament to Taylor Sheridan and all the other great directors and EPs that we've had on the show to be able to kind of incorporate and thread all these things so seamlessly. And, you know, just season after season, we've been so blessed because we also have like a phenomenal cast um, that we all actually like enjoy spending time together. Um, So we're friends like off, you know, off camera and on camera. So I think that just kind of adds you know to the dynamics of the show so it's like there's a lot of drama but we do not hate each other like we <laughs> all actually enjoy each other
0: yes yeah, so well obviously uh, the cast is phenomenal and of course the legend in kevin costner um yes uh, what's it like working with him i mean obviously he's, he's been in the business for so long and um has he given you any pointers since he you know as as an acting legend you know yeah he you is? know the,
1: the the you know that's one of the things i think you know when I first got on the show, what is this now, like three years ago, that's like the first thing, like, you know, I remember we're all sitting in this big kitchen in Montana and we're all kind of just like talking and meandering amongst ourselves. And then yeah. like, Ken walks in and there's like a st- silence and you're just like waiting for him to say something. And we all kind of sit down and like getting ready to do a table read. And he goes like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I'm also nervous. And so it was cool. Kevin Costas said this now. Like, you know, cause it's, It's a a different, you know, when you're you're doing a show like this, the goal Mm -hmm. is to do it for the long haul, you know, to do it for as long as you're able to do it. So, you know, it's been for him to be able to kind of lead this show and be the anchor for it, but it's also awesome because – he's had so many things where he'll be like, you know, one of the things like why they're setting up shots, you know, he's like, you know, at, you know, he'll ask a camera assistant or something like that. Like, Hey, when does my shoulder come into frame? And then they're telling you, and then he'll turn to you and be like, you know, it's really important to know every single time that any part of your body comes into frame and, you know, think about this and think about that. So it's really been kind of cool because I've gained like 20 years of acting experience. So like Yellowstone, really, it's been, like, 10 years onto my life and then 20 years of acting experience. So, really, you're talking to, like, a 75-year-old man at this point. <laughs> um, so, it's just really, really awesome. You know, and he's been oh, such cool. a blessing just to be able to have. And I've learned so much as a writer and as a director. Um, and Just as an actor in general, for somebody who, like, he loves doing this still. You know, and for doing it for four decades. You never four really decades, know, gosh. like how like how much do they really care about it but they he like loves it he wants to know every detail and so that's a really beautiful thing and refreshing to know that somebody that's been doing it for so for as long as he has to like right. care about it with all the details that he does like you know that's really a testament to great work
2: that's awesome of course do another... you, yes do you talk to him like um offset and like um ask him about his old movies and like do you have any of his any favorite movies you have of his that you want to like get some insight into you, like, know,
1: you know, the first the, like thing or about something. him, I think it, it really has been, you know, I think the first time I really, he actually grew up in Orange County or he went to school in Orange County and that's where I grew up as well. So that was like the first thing that he knew about me beforehand. So we kind of okay. talked about that. You know, he's a really big sports guy, loves baseball. You know, and so it's like that, that was also kind of the thing, you know, mostly every guy can almost kind of bond over the sports thing, you know, so that's like a really cool icebreaker, but there was never really anything specific. It was just like, whenever you're around somebody that has done it for so long, it's really just about, for me, it was about how you maintain it, you know, because your career is not about like one or two things that you do. It's the accumulation of the things that you're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was the thing that I've always kind of just sat back and watched. And I think, you know, he's uh, he's dropped so many pieces of information. There's things that he thought were going to be great successes that weren't and things that he didn't think were going to be great successes, but they were, but he believed in all of them. And I think that's kind of always been the biggest thing that it's like, if you at least believe that what you're doing, you're never going to fail. There's always going to be a lesson in that you're going to learn. And so I think for me, that's kind of been like the biggest aspects of training that he's just dropped. But I think that's just like part of him. I don't even necessarily know if he even – knows that he's doing it. It's just like, that's what he does. But for somebody like me, who's just like a leech, who's just always <laughs> wants more information, it's really been an amazing blessing. That's
0: awesome. Oh, yeah. Perfect. And uh, so I watched the first four episodes of season one, and then I watched uh, the first two episodes of season three mm. to uh, kind of get a little caught up. And uh, what a fun episode you had in episode two of this season, where you're playing this really crazy drinking game. Um and then lassoing up your buddies, um and uh you worked very closely with West Bentley in that uh in yeah that scene. How did you enjoy shooting that scene? Man, you know I think you know,
1: the bunkhouse scenes are like probably always like, our favorites because it's just yeah. uh you know it's the the one great thing about this show is that Taylor, you know he won he got all the people that he wanted specifically. And the great thing yeah. is, like, there wasn't a lot of direction that, you know, he wanted to give for any of these things. And I think Stephen Kay was the director that, you know, directed these two episodes. But, you know, Taylor has you know, wrote all of them. And the awesome thing is, like, you know, we see these things in the bunkhouse, and we're just like, what is this? Like, what drinking game are we playing? We're going to spin around on a bat and lasso yep. people. Crazy <laughs> it, but it's really fun because it gives us such an opportunity to ad-lib. Yeah. To just, like, what we see on paper is kind of, like, like helpful suggestions, if you will, um, which is really kind of cool. Yeah. So, you know, and the thing that with working with Wes is because he kind of plays his buttoned up lawyer throughout the entire show. Yeah. But he really is like a classic kind of comedian. So it's really kind of cool to have these kind of moments where you get to be with him, you know, and obviously he still has to represent himself a certain way while, you know, he's in the bunkhouse. But when you're kind of, you know, in between takes and different setups, to kind of do these, like, ridiculous banters that I get to do with, like, Jeff and with Ian and with all these other great guys that are there. It's really kind of awesome. And the game itself is uh, one that you can't actually act. Like, you know, you're really spinning around and you're really dizzy. Really um, getting you know, dizzy. I love it. Okay, you're just going to spin around and not get dizzy. Like, no. It, it so adds it, the so authenticity. Cool. <laughs> yeah. it, it's cool, but, like, hour five of doing it, uh, not so much. Not, not that great. <laughs> but uh, it looked good, and that's all it's that matters. A bad
0: bad vertigo going on, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> spitter out. But that's, that looked like a really fun uh, scene to shoot. So um, so first of all, congratulations. You were previously a recurring in season one and two, and now you're a series regular for season three. Yes, how yes, bad. yeah. So yeah. how did you feel about that when you were promoted? Uh, how you was know, that feeling?
1: To me, it's just, you know, all praises to the most high. I think for me, one of the biggest things is that, you know, I think it's like seed time and harvest with everything. You, got, you put in your dues and it's awesome to be a, with a show like this, to be with it with its infant stages, you know, from season one, episode one, you know, you never know what it's going to be. You know, like we all have hopes that it's like, oh, maybe this will go for multiple seasons. But there's been a lot of shows where the high there's been high hopes with great casts, and then it's like right. halfway through the season, they're just done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just to get on a show um, for any type of longevity was awesome. But then obviously when you get promoted to series regular, um that's kind of like every actor's dream I guess yes. if you will. I mean, um, as far as you know you kind of you know it's like you've made it I guess in that weird way I it's yeah, like no. I the name that of
0: the opening is, credits all yeah yeah, no, it, yeah. Is, you know, it is
1: what it is you know but it's it was awesome to be able to do it with this show um because it, I have so many great stories and just the opportunities man it was like you know, I think also for me, it was like, you just, you have to be patient with everything. And when the right opportunities come, it's about what you do with those opportunities. You know, and you can't look at them like, oh, this is so small or this, out of the third. It's like, just be patient. And what's for you will be for you. And then when you get an opportunity to hit a home run, just try to hit it. You know, and it's awesome that you got, you know, I got an opportunity to do that. But then that Paramount, along with Taylor and the entire, you know, crew and production of, you know, Yellowstone thought, you know what? And let's let's give him a little bit more was you know, was also amazing. just a, it's just a blessing. so i I couldn't be more grateful.
0: Awesome. So it's season three, are there any particular like Colby heavy episodes that we can look forward to?
1: Yeah, um, I think I mean, there are gonna be a lot from pretty much like three on there's gonna be uh, it's there's a lot. it's really um we kind of start to go into my own storyline. I think um like nine and ten are probably the ones that are going to be the See, I shouldn't even have said that because now I quote, Whatever, it is what it is. <laughs> um, it. Yeah. The, Say what you can. <laughs> towards the end of the season. Um, uh, there's, there's gonna <laughs> be some really cool things. Um uh, yeah, just walked right into that one. Great job.
0: Okay. Guys. Well, well no, 9 in ten, no, it's something to look forward to, <laughs> episode nine and ten, you know.
1: But but the whole scene it's really cool because you know, we have a great we have a great new actress that's coming onto the show that plays teeter which is Jennifer Landon, and she kind of really comes on into the bunkhouse and stirs yeah. things up and really does something that's very different. So it's really cool because the rest of these episodes you're really gonna see. What these relationships between Colby and Teeter and, you know, in comparison to the rest of the bunkhouse, like what that is. So you'll, you'll get this nice little evolution of this storyline, which is really going to be fun to watch.
0: I love it. And another great thing is there are not many modern Westerns out right now. So I think you guys are one of the few modern Westerns. Yeah, you know, the we, genre we, that's untouched. You really, yeah, you
1: kind of, we, you know, I think we cornered the market a little bit, you know. And yeah. It, it was something that's kind of refreshing. I think, you know, you, there's so many different TV shows and a lot of them oftentimes have, you know, this either the same types of scenery or the kind of same storylines. It's just in a different place. You know, right. whereas this one, you know, we're not only shooting it, you know, on a soundstage, we're shooting outside, you know, we're, we're shooting it in Mother Nature, we're shooting it with real animals. And so I think you kind of just get a better opportunity to yeah. just see everything. And I think that's, that's really refreshing for us as artists um, to like not always be on a soundstage, but then to also actually just be out. It's really, it's, it's really dope as well.
0: And you, I'm, I'm sure you've interacted with a lot of horses. On the show, yeah. yeah. yeah I was going to ask,
1: did you uh, know how to ride a horse before the show? Um, I did a little bit before. I had done a – I did a film previous, like, uh, maybe a month and a half before where I was also playing a cowboy. Um, but it was a period piece, and we were doing, like, cattle draws. Like, so essentially, like, you ride next to the cattle. But I remember when I went into the auditions with this one, Taylor was like, okay, look, whatever horse training you had before – doesn't really matter like yeah i'm glad that you can ride a horse because it's important but we're gonna be roping horses or roping cattle and this i think in this one we have like a an episode where we do like a 200 uh wild horse draw where we're pretty much just pushing 200 wild horses and so like that's also really dope because it's like you get on these animals and there's helicopters and there's yeah. ATVs and, and you have no idea, but the training, it's like it's helped you as a person because horses they're you know, they're pure spirits. And so whatever you kinda whatever energy you put into them is how they're gonna react. So it really kinda helps you as a person to be like, remain calm. It's not mm-hmm. that big of a deal. Like just chill yeah. out. So I could ride a horse before, but now I can actually say like I can ride a horse. Okay. That's pretty okay.
0: cool Question you're number talking... two.
2: What's what's the
0: Go ahead, Sabrina. <laughs> okay.
2: Okay. Um, what's what's your horse's name?
0: My, horse my has, horse's I'm name
2: sure. is
1: yeah. is Colt, and Colt and I right. have what you would call a love hate relationship. It's mainly love. We <laughs> go, you know, um, we he's very stubborn. He's very hard headed, uh, which is very it's awesome. So I think if you watch during the season, there'll be a couple of times where it'll be a season where we ride up and we're just supposed to be standing there on the horses or just sitting there. And my horse is kind of doing his own thing. It's not because I can't ride the horse. It's just because he has decided through his own artistic experience (laughs) to do something (laughs) different. Um, But he's an amazing horse. It's amazing to, I think I've been riding him since like the middle of season one. So it's been three years. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been kind of amazing to like, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more comfortable and he's gotten more used to me. So now it's just kind of this, he keeps you alive. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. there's, there's no rest days. No rest days at
0: all. Awesome.
2: Chachi. You that's had pretty, a yeah, it's pretty cool that you're talking earlier about um about um Kevin Costner about you know different roles and like, you know, some might be a hit, some might not be a hit, but you learn from everyone and you're just talking about your previous role as being a cowboy and dealing with horses, and now you have this which I'm sure is a bigger role now, and now you're dealing mm-hmm. with horses again, which probably helped you out from having yeah. that past experience so it's pretty yeah. cool that you just learned from each of your experiences
1: yeah you know you I think it's the thing It's like you never know what's going to happen next you know like you have to take every experience for what it is and maximize it to its fullest I mean the the film that I did before was called Chickasaw Rancho which is an amazing film hopefully it comes oh, out somewhere in the fall maybe oh, we talk like about that early one too, winter yeah. um but that's again it was awesome because I got to play a real life character a real life man Jack Brown Oh, um, cool. it's and so it's like you you just never know what things are going to lead to and the actors you're going to work with who are then going to go on to work with other directors or producers that may drop your name you right. know, when yeah. things are coming up. So, you know, for me, it's always about, like, you just – you never know who you're talking to and you never know who you're going to work with. So it's important to just maintain – but, you know, the highest level of professionalism and work ethic and never, you know, never think that anything is too small because, you know, a seed starts in the ground and then it can turn into an oak tree. You know, awesome, so yeah. you just you just never
2: know. Wow.
0: wow, what, one thing I, I love another thing I love about your show, because it is a f- phenomenal show, is that you guys push the envelope because um, I'm used to seeing a lot of F-bombs in premium cable shows, you know, a <laughs> nudity. I'm seeing Kelly Riley in the hot tub nude. There's I'm a- like- Oh, nice. I yeah, know it's, it's like
1: whole, uh, yeah, the shows you know Paramount is really you know kind of gi- giving the reins over if you will uh, yeah you know, and they're just like you know but th- I think the the thing is it's about trying to do everything in an artistic way you know right. what I mean like and the cool thing is it's like if whatever's written on paper if you don't feel comfortable saying it or dropping this f bomb or whatever it may be then it's not like oh you have to do it you know what I mean like it's just right. again so much of the amazingness about Taylor Sheridan and his writing it's, right. it's like it's so much of it is. You know, he knows what his actors are going to do. And so he's like, look, they're going to get in a situation and there may be no F-bombs or maybe no cussing. And then we may get into the bunkhouse and then there it is, you know, and it's just yeah. like the magic of editing. So it's really kind of cool to just like when you get on set, especially in those bunkhouse days to just kind of just be let off. You know what I mean? And You just get to go and live fully and absolutely just be like really paying attention to one another and just living off of that vibe, which I think for so many different shows, it's kind of like, no you have to say this and hey you know just you know in the middle of a cut they're running up to you like you know it's and this not and but it's like okay you know where this show is very much it's like just go with it get the storyline across it'll be fine mm-hmm. you know especially when it comes to the Buckhouse, so, so that's really awesome as an artist to be able to do
0: that yeah ah, cool did the nudity surprise you like the the, the amount of nudity in the show like I was, <laughs> I, I was surprised in episode three i'm like it's like wow
1: you know, it's it's a thing where I, you know, I don't really ever expect it in most of the scenes I'm never really in, right. um, you know, so it's it's a thing where you, you just, again, like you were saying, when you're on cable, when you're on all these different things, you never know how much you're going to be able to get away with, right. and sometimes it's like, oh, this is what's going to be there on the day, but it never makes it to the final edit, right. um, but for whatever reason, you know, they are able to shoot it in an artistic way, if you will, and the audience yeah. hasn't seemed to have any issue with it, like, you know, ratings continue just to go up. So I guess, you know. At, yeah, it, right.
0: It, <laughs> I love it. Always. So how important was it to get a, a person of color in the main cast? Because Montana is not really known for diversity, is it? The yeah. The state of Montana, you know, I yeah.
1: I, I think I probably, <laughs> is the, and might be the only person of color in Montana when I'm there. And, uh, <laughs> so, you know, but it's, it's really funny because the film that I was doing before, Chickasaw Rancher, we were shooting in the middle of Sulphur, Oklahoma. Yeah. And so, so, so for Oklahoma, the population was also just me when I was there. Of you know people of color. So I had been there for like six weeks, five and five or six weeks, and then when they're like, oh, we're gonna do this other show, let's get to the Mill, Montana. Um, I kind of like always kind of look up the demographics just to see, just out of it's curiosity. Yeah. Of <laughs> and uh, you know, when we're in a town of two thousand people, you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's gonna be just me, um, and whoever I decide to Facetime. Um, so but you know it's a it was a thing where you know i think now you try to walk into every situation i think as a person of color as a man of color you can't you can't walk around with that mindset all the time like i think it's important to be have your guard up and to be aware of it but i think that when you do that you start to lose certain experiences that you may not be able to have because you're constantly thinking about everything else And so for this show, it was awesome because it's like you're getting a great Native American presence as well. You know, and so again, like these are also kind of, you know, which in society have been represented as kind of outliers, which has been ridiculous since, you know, they're here first. But okay, So, you know, but being able to be on a show where you're kind of also getting that representation, it's also kind of cool, you know, and it's also been nice because you really are learning more about yourself and how to navigate in different situations and circumstances. Yeah. And every time I've gone back, you know, you, you have new experiences and you just kind of deal with it, you know, and, you know, August Wilson says, and, you know, in fences, you know, he says you just got to take the crooked with the straights, you know? And so it's like, you, you know, I always feel like you get these opportunities and you got the opportunity because you're kind of uniquely designed for the opportunity and so you just do it and then hopefully you become a representation that then allows for others to be able to have more opportunities as well. You know, so you just you kinda learn from it and take it for what it is. But it's definitely been um, it's definitely been an experience. I definitely well, had some, some <laughs> so, experience. Some so being that town sure guys are
2: going to the restaurants and you know and seeing the um, townspeople around there, has everybody treated you well and like I mean if it's truly like mostly white, you know, you might be yeah. like, like, examples of somebody of color that they're going to meet.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing. You know, I think all small towns in general, first and foremost, are very protective of their small town. Um, just you know, str- you know, first and foremost, um, and then of course, you know, when you're introducing a person of color into that same situation. You never really know how it's, you know, how it's going to go down. Um, you know, and I've had some good experiences and I've had some not so great experiences. Oh, um, but that's, that's also not... to be expected. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, you can't run around everywhere and just think that, you know, everyone's just going to enjoy it. It's like most, they never had access. And most of the access, unfortunately, because of the way the entertainment and media often per like portrays people of color. When that's all they seen represented, yeah. that's, that's what they kind of see, you know. And so, but I've kind of gotten to the point in my life where... It's no longer like my job to try to prove anything to you. Um, yeah. So I just like I am who I am, and it's like I'm going to an establishment, and I'm either going to spend money at the establishment or I just won't spend money at the establishment. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Mm-hmm. But I would say overall, it's been very, very welcoming, very warm. You know, and it's just and it's like anything. You go to a bar or anything like that after, you know, shooting at 11 p.m. or 12 a.m. After people probably been drinking since like five or six, mm-hmm. you're gonna get some people that are gonna get in their feelings and feel some type of way. But for me, mm-hmm. it's just my job at that point to say you just remove yourself, right? Like, you just don't put yourself in those types of situations. Yeah. You just get your food, you go home, and you enjoy that. You know, right. for me, it's not about, like, proving anything. It's about, like, enduring until the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it, – well, I, I don't feel stronger as a man if I go and get into a bar fight or anything like that. And, yeah, uh, no. I got a great cast, you know, a great cast. Yeah, you're
0: on a great show, directors. yeah.
1: That's all you need. They you got know?
0: your back. They got your back. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes. And yeah. they will all – they will all tell you at like 100% that they would all get down if they had to. So that's never put them in that type of situation. So
0: you alluded to a not so great experience. Was, was it that, or was it something else that you were alluding to?
1: You know, we, you know, I, I've been, I think there, um, you know, it's you, you I've, I've gotten pulled over several times there, you know, but then again, that. when you got kind of, again, but you know, it's, it's really interesting because, You have to watch the way that you look at things because, again, in small towns, you're also looking for money, you know what I mean, as well. And oftentimes, like, you know, you don't really know. But, you know, Mm. it is kind of the way that it is. It's like in all different climates, you kind of get that. And, again, like I said, I think that when you mix in a certain bias that's been represented, you know, throughout media and culture already – and then you also mix in alcohol and all these other things. And then the indoctrination that you've had yeah.
0: first,
1: at a certain point, it's like, how shocked am I going to be at midnight or one o'clock in the morning? And for me, it's like, you know, if my grandparents were alive, they like, you don't have any business being out anyways. Like, that's the devil's time. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you just take your, take your tail home, sit at home, mind your business and come out when you come out when you need to, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, what, what do we have to prove?
2: So, so, did you guys finish filming um, before the pandemic? The whole um, season? No, so yeah, so season three, yeah, season three is done. Um,
0: yeah, good. Most good. Most we're we're going back uh, in August. Uh, we season we're, four. That's season awesome. Four. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so and Montana continuing... not affected, not too affected by the COVID nineteen. Yeah, right? I mean,
1: and, and also yeah, Montana in the lower, place that we're in, like, rated. We fly into a small airport. You know, like it's where you right. get to take a major airport airplane in, and you get on the really small one. You know the one right. where you're like we're gonna make it we're gonna make it okay yeah. <laughs> All right, so we made it I know what um, you, mean. you know and so but then we also then leave there and then we shoot in the middle of nowhere where there's like two thousand people and so I think that that also helped in being able to kind of move this process along whereas um, a lot of shows that are shot in California and in New York City they're pretty much just suspending it until the new year you know so yeah, I, I think know. you know again it's like we've been really really fortunate really really blessed. And, outside of the actors, it's really the crew, you know, it's like, what people don't understand is like, the crew are really always on the hustle all the time, you know, and so it's a really, really beautiful thing, you know, to be able to have this opportunity, because there's so many people that are going to be are unemployed in the entertainment industry, um, and again, like I said, not talking about the actors, strictly talking about the thing, because a lot of the actors yeah. like, you're fine, you know, what I mean, like, you're sitting at home, you're good. Um, yeah. but it's, it's really cool to be able to have the opportunity to kind of get back to the local community and yep. be able to pump some money into that economy as well. is really nice.
0: I love it. So let's talk about a few more awesome. projects that you have. Cause you got, uh, you mentioned the Chickasaw Rancher, mm-hmm. um, which again, is a very Western-ish as well. Uh, where, when can we catch this one? I saw an official website, ChickasawRancher.com, um, yeah. which is already out. Um, what, what can we say about this film and when can we see it? Man,
1: well, I'm hoping it's going to be fall, winter. It's like, I feel like the dates always change. It's like, and now yeah. with this thing, you just, again, it's like another thing where you don't know. Um, this was such a blessing, you know, throughout my entire life, like one of my major kind of like uh, boxes that I wanted to check off was to be able to play a real life person, you know, and get that experience. And so yeah. my 1st post so fire- opportunity came with Chickasaw Rancher, where I got to play this man, uh, Jack Brown, who became Oklahoma's first sharecropper. And so this is really awesome because it's also talking about the Native Americans and Montfort T. Johnson and about the, so it's the Native Americans and kind of the African Americans and their kind of partnership with ranching and cattle draws and stuff like that. And so this is something that happened. I think we, this was during like 1860s. So there was obviously a lot of prejudices that were going on. And so this is an amazing real life story about these two men that came together to build this empire for cattle draws. Where we did like a 400 mile, they did a 400 mile cattle draw um, with like 1200 different cattle all the way up. I mean, it's just been amazing. So hopefully, it's gonna be awesome because you're talking about like Texas scalpers and dealing with all those different types of prejudices that were going on, and obviously the what the Native Americans were going on as well, with just not being treated fairly. I mean, we're we're all very intertwined in a lot of these different ways. So kind of being able to be there with an amazing. Sorry, those are my dogs. If You guys hear them. That's all right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's also we're, really dog, awesome we're dog lovers here. My, <laughs> the, my other co-star, um, Martin Sessmeyer, is an amazing actor as well. Um, awesome. It was awesome to be able to be there and be a part of that community and be embraced in that way, was really, really beautiful. So hopefully, you know, fall, uh, winter, hopefully that'll happen.
0: Awesome. We can't wait for that. And of course, speaking of uh, period pieces, um, reading here, you directed and co wrote something called The Zoo, which yes. is a psychological thriller. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> dogs getting crazy. Yeah. All
1: right. doubt. These, they, the dogs will literally burn the house
0: down. I the love alley. it. <laughs> but this is pretty cool. I checked out your teaser for the zoo. Um, oh. directing you directed and co-wrote this, which is amazing. But it's gonna I love be a
2: short... psychological thriller. But this
0: the... is this is I a twist. This, about. this okay. is about the black <laughs> experience during the Holocaust. Yes. Okay. So um, it's a short film that I can see as a feature, but you're gonna keep it a short film.
1: It's um uh, well yeah. it's essentially so man it's uh this has really been a, something that's been uh. Percolating for a while. I think I started down this this hole in two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Um, and so yes, it is it's a short film, but it will be made into something much bigger. We're actually trying to Ooh. um we're gonna turn it into a limited series. I think probably we have a feature film script done for it, but we also want to do a limited series because there's just so much more information. Um, uh, but yeah, so the zoo is something that um you know, the biggest thing for me, like my biggest passion has always been like I'm a humongous historian. Um, that's probably the only thing I ever paid attention to in school, and even in history, I was never, I never found it really interesting because they didn't really talk about anybody that like looked like me. Um, but I found it fascinating to have the opportunity to know that there were so many other things that were going on. And so one of the things that happened in 2012, I was doing a little uh, light relaxation, uh, entertainment, and watching mm-hmm. Schindler's List, and um, um, <laughs> you know, at the end of the movie, there, you know, there's like this scroll where they put up you know, there was like seven million you know, Jews that were killed or anything. And I kind of thought, I was like, you know, I wonder if there were any people of color that could have gotten caught up in that whole mix and that environment, you know, because wow. during, during World War II, <laughs> for people of color, it was also a place where some people from America fled. I mean, if you, anybody ever reads James Baldwin or, you know, looks at any of his interviews, he talks about how he would go to Paris oftentimes. And sometimes he, you know, felt safer in Paris than he did in Harlem. Um, and a lot of people of color... From, um, left Harlem to join into the war, you know, because for whatever reason, they felt safer being in battle than they did here. I mean, just insane. And so one of the things that I came to find out was, you know, there, you had what was going on in the concentration camps, but you also had what was kind of a major focal point, which is what was going on in Africa. And what was going on in Africa was the pillaging of Africa. And what you were getting were all of these different countries going in there and splitting it all apart. And, you know, taking the gold and the minerals and all this. And so, like, one of the great things that I realized was, like, there's a phenomenal story to be told here. You know, there's so much information because it's, like, our ancestors, like, one of the things in America, we've kind of been taught that, like, our history started in 1619 when we got here, you know, in Jamestown, Virginia, you know, during the transatlantic slave trade, as if we didn't have a history before that. And so, for me, it's always been about there's so much that we have endured that hasn't been spoken about. And so one of the things for me, I was like, during this time, Europe was trying to go in and colonize Africa. But the problem that they were having was they were dying because of the heat and because of the climate. And there was different diseases and all these other things. They're like, how come these black people are not dying, but we're dying? and We can't do anything. So what they would do is they would capture these black men and they would experiment on them. So they would cut their skin open, put different, different glass in there, sew it up, bugs, X, Y, and Z. God. People go, that's crazy. And it's like, well, look no further than the Tuskegee project that was happening you know, during the same time periods here in America. Right. Um, and so they would dump them in water. I mean, just you know, burn them with heating lamps and just trying to break some type of genetic code to hopefully crack this code so that they could then go in and really pillage all of Africa. My
0: and God, so- no.
1: One of the things that a lot of people don't know is like King Leopold that, you know, was in Belgium that built the great castles there and X, Y, and Z. Well, all of that happened off of the rubber mines from Congo, off of the murdering of 10 to 15 million Congolese men, women, and children, where they were exploiting them to go into these rubber mines and to take this rubber. And then they burnt all the documentation that it even even happened, right? And so, but now you're having these great societies that are built up, but you're like, well, where did they get all of it? Like, where did you get all of these things? And there's only one continent in the world where all of these different minerals, like what we're listening, what we're talking to right now, everything came from a mineral from Africa. And so for me, Mm -hmm. it was so important to kind of talk about these stories and talk about these men and what they endured during this time. And it's also a double entendre because the zoo is also physical places that they set up, not only here in America, but also around the world where they would take. Men, women of color, and they would reenact an environment that you would see in the Saharas of, you know, of Africa, and people would go and they could buy tickets to go and watch them interact, you know, and this is the thing that that happened. And so the zoo became this thing. That's why our tagline is the zoo is never just for animals, because we have to also remember that, yes you know, although Thomas Jefferson said that all men were created equal, this is also during a time when we had 300 slaves and also said that within those same documentation that people of color were three-fifths human. So he wasn't really talking about us, you know, he was talking about everybody else. Um, And so for me, the zoo is an opportunity to start a conversation, um, but to do Uh it through a form of entertainment, because I think that that's the one thing that everybody kind of can kind of, you can really break through the cognitive dissonance more when you put mm-hmm. something in a form of entertainment and then on the back end of it, you can have a bigger conversation. So that's really what this is. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited. man, the, my team that I have the amazing producers um, and the, the actors that just poured themselves into this, these amazing men, I mean, just really gave everything, but this is something that this was for our ancestors, you know, and this is something that it was important to show that they didn't endure all of these things to just not be remembered and not have their stories told. And this was just one of my opportunities that I wanted to, to take to be able to do that. And I've been blessed to be able to have the opportunity to do so.
0: And I saw the uh, teaser trailer was fantastic. And, you know, capturing um, um, anything period piece on an independent level, you guys mm-hmm. nailed it. I thought you guys, hard, yeah. you guys did. A, yeah, it's hard. So you guys did a really good job Thank with you. that. So I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing that. Uh, when can we see it? It's going. So the, the film is
1: tomorrow will be like officially done. Um, and so now we're we're in talks to see how we're going to put it out there. Um, I know inevitably, you know, it's going to be out to the masses. I know we're going through some different channels because we want some people to kind of get some first looks at it, um, to see what, how we want to develop it, you know, but to me, it's, I never really, I didn't get into entertainment because of like money and fame and all these other things. Like I wanted to just tell stories, you know, and so I've just been so blessed to be able to kind of get on this train, to be able to start telling these stories And so the goal is that we'll be able to just have it out there so everyone can kind of see, but that more so we'll be able to actually have more dialogue because the most important thing I think that we've lost in this country is curiosity. Like our critical thinking has just been shot. And so Mm -hmm. the goal is, is that when you see something like this, that you go, I didn't even know this happened, never even heard of it. And that it sounds so extreme that it'll force you to go look it up. And then when you go look it up and find out that it's real, that that will then make you go, well, what else might I know? you know, like, what else don't I know? Like, well, if they didn't talk about this, did they not talk about this? And then just allow your imagination to run wild. And the really unfortunate thing is whatever you can think of that you would think couldn't happen actually did. Um, And that's really, really sad, but it's really, really Um, important because for me as a people, if you don't know where you came from, you can't know where you're going. And this is a part of our history that we need to understand. So as things are going forward, we could reach back and go, there were certain warnings, there were certain things, there were certain signs that they were trying to tell us, and now it's just our job to use our platforms to actually do something bigger with it.
0: All right. Wow. Well said. And it's something, of course, during these crazy social injustice, racial injustice times yeah. it's it's certainly um, something that people need to see and, and educate themselves, I, I feel. Yeah, you know,
1: you know see, see time and harvest. It's all about having things come out at the right time. Yeah. So you know, we've absolutely been to be able to finish it we actually finished the last the last day of shooting the day before they shut everything down uh and so yeah, crazy again, brilliant like, luck all, that's like, awesome all praises the most high thank because, like, god yeah, right brilliant we luck. never would have gotten it done like it, it never happened the last day so it's been it was really awesome just a blessing awesome. so i'm really excited to share it and when it's done done i'll just send it to you guys you guys can take a look at it and uh awesome we're
2: excited to see
0: it awesome and we can't forget before we let you go uh, throw out a plug for good trouble on free form. You're a uh, uh, recurring on that as well. Um, um, a celebrity stylist of sorts. Yeah. That's yeah. Your, your... It's,
1: you know, really interesting storyline. You know, I, I never yeah. imagined been, uh, being able to, you know, be on, on the show. Um, it was an awesome experience to have been able to flex a different muscle. Um, and yeah. the, the writers and the creators, I mean, it was just a, it's a show that, you know, a lot of people, it resonates with so many people, Um, and it wasn't necessarily like a network that I was even plugged into, you know, um, beforehand. So it was, you know, it was a beautiful opportunity to have, um, and the people there are just are beautiful and amazing to work with. And a lot of them became friends. Um, and it was awesome because, you know, when you have shows like that show started as the Fosters, which I think went off like seven seasons. And so it was kind of cool to be able to go on there and you didn't feel like they were like making you kind of initiate yourself, you just automatically were a part of what they were doing. And so that was really cool as well to kind of be on a show that has had such stability and the rollover, but then to also come on as a new person and just be welcomed was really, really awesome.
0: Awesome. we wow. So you can ch- check check Denamoun two great television shows, guys. Yellowstone yes, on Paramount you. and of course Good Trouble on Freeform, man. Congratulations, man. That's
2: Thanks. awesome. Well, before you, we go, yeah. I, I was reading here that uh, yes. for Yellowstone that like Harvey Weinstein was actually involved early on. Did you have any kind of um oh was wow that or anything, or was he already no no?
1: It was interesting. I think we had um I, he was on I think halfway through season one. I think I oh think. was he really? <laughs> um, but he wasn't on the show. Like it was just a name. Like he never showed. You know, he never showed up or anything. You know, and again, it's a, it's like you get in. You know, everything with entertainment is so ambiguous, right? Like it's right. like you go in from you you come in with a. a certain level of principles and ideologies and thought uh, processes and then you get in and oftentimes it's not that but that seems like a lot of big businesses and a lot of entertainment in, like industry-based things are like that um so i never had any like association with him didn't you know his name was obviously on the call sheet and then quickly right. it was not um but yeah halfway through season one um his name was definitely on there but you know i didn't i yeah, didn't have anything to do with them. So, thank you. I'll raise some of So, my hands are completely clean. So, for anybody that wants to know, <laughs> I'm good. Dig if you want to. You're not going to find anything. Okay.
0: <laughs> probably like, oh, she's going to be naked and a tub yeah, outside. Yeah, i no, got to be there. Yeah, i got to yeah, be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have
1: been a day that I would have respectively called in sick. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> that would have been okay. <laughs> wow. done a phenomenal interview. Thanks so much yeah. for talking with us here on Below the Belt yeah, Show. Yeah, thank you so much. So, no, before we let you good. go, If you could, uh, let us know who you are. Throw out a plug for Yellowstone, Good Trouble, The Zoo, whatever you want. And let us know you're on Below the Belt show. Yes. And whatever you want at the end, a plug, uh, a catchphrase. Got you. Joke. Uh, All
1: right, y'all. I'm Denim Richards. I've had the amazing opportunity to be on a phenomenal show, Below the Belt. Um, You can find me on Instagram, which is at Denim Richards. I post sometimes, not all the time. Um, And yes, you can watch me on Yellowstone, which is season three Paramount Network on Sundays, 9, 8 central. It's a phenomenal show. But more importantly, it's about getting back to you guys and making sure you get back to the curiosity. So dig, dig, dig and dig. And when you can't keep digging, dig more. All right, y'all be blessed. Yes, that was awesome. Awesome, awesome. That was
0: dope. That was dope. Denim, have a great night, man. Thanks so thank much. you, guys. And I'll be watching.
1: We'll I for it.
0: And you got a new fan in Yellowstone. so.
1: Thank, thank you guys so much. Well, I look forward to hearing an <laughs> interview, and I'll make sure to send the film when it's or if it were officially Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Definitely. So our Good
0: friends at PR Machines, uh, tell them to forward it over. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll be blessed. I'll talk to All you right. soon. Thank All you, guys. All right. Thanks. See you later. Bye.